frighten Satan, Jesus told Peter. For you're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. That's a pretty strong rebuke. Then again, uh, Peter had been rebuking Jesus. We don't really know what Peter said, and in Peter's defense, Jesus had said that he was going to be arrested and beaten and crucified and resurrected, and that's a lot for Peter or anyone else to take in. But Peter's response is still one of rebuke. Peter responds to Jesus in an adversarial manner, and so Jesus calls Peter Satan. Satan is the Hebrew word which means adversary, usually referring to the adversary, the angel in the book of Job who brings accusations against people before God. Now there's a lot of Satan in the world, there's a lot of adversary in the world. When we look at our political discourse, we often take an adversarial approach to one another, or even the way we play sports. Curse you, other team, for playing better than my team, rather than, well done, other team, and thank you for allowing my team to play at all. We can still want our team to win, we can still believe that other political or religious views, that our views are correct, and we need, but we need not be adversarial in our approach to, to, in order to do that. When we attack or we lash out, At others, our defenses get raised. And then no one truly hears the other or sees the other as a human being. When we're acting in an adversarial manner, we tend to get angry. And when we do, we literally become rather stupid. Because the thinking part of our brain shuts down and we go into fight-or-flight mode. And it's in this adversarial mode that we have the tongue acting as a restless evil, as James said, full of deadly poison. When we're in this adversarial mode, we are pretty well untamable. So when Jesus rebuked Peter, calling him Satan, what he was saying was, you're being my adversary, Peter, and I need you to be my advocate. That's what Jesus called the Holy Spirit, was the advocate. The one who is not against us, but for us. Jesus was saying, Peter, I'm not particularly fond of this idea of being arrested and beaten and killed. And I'm even going to pray in six chapters that if it's God's will, that it won't happen. But I'm pretty sure that it is God's will. And I'm pretty sure it is going to happen. And Peter, I need you to be for me, not against me. I need you to be my advocate, not my adversary. I need your words to bless me, not to curse me. Now that's a fairly tough road to hoe to be each other's advocates rather than each other's adversaries, especially when confronting our enemies or those with different political views or the wrong football team. It's tough to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be each other's advocates. So how do we do that? How do we tame the tongue? Well, let me give an analogy. Who ate breakfast this morning? Four of you, really? Okay. Alright, so most of you, good, I hope. Gee, thought that was a no-brainer. Um, maybe going to eat on later, lunch, dinner, generally good. Alright. Generally multiple meals every day for most of us. Okay, right. And what happens when we don't do that? We become irritable and cranky whenever we don't eat. Ask my four-year-old. Oh, well, I get, I get irritable and cranky when I don't eat. But, uh, 
And we we go long enough, and weeks and days at a time, we'll become unhealthy and we'll starve. And at that point, we'll eat just about anything. Things that we would never eat, we would just go ahead because it's anything at all. And we'd eat things that aren't very healthy for our bodies. And there's no surprise, we all know this. Healthy eating leads to more healthy bodies. We need to eat multiple times a day, every day. Um, yeah, I'm raising a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so. <laughs> healthy food, healthy body, Noah. Healthy food, healthy body. Anyway. Um, in our lesson today, James said, No one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth the same, from the same opening, both fresh and brackish water? Well, unfortunately, our mouths do pour forth blessing and cursing from the same opening. As James points out, this shouldn't be so, but unfortunately it is. And the reason that we have both fresh and brackish water coming out is because we have both fresh and brackish water inside of us. As Jesus said in our gospel a couple of weeks ago, the things that defile us are for what come within or from within us, from within our hearts. We have darkness and light in our hearts, blessing and cursing, good and evil. And so we have both coming out of us, fresh and brackish water, blessing and cursing. James said we can't tame the tongue, but I believe that we can make our tongues into healthier, fresher water by the food with which we choose to feed our souls. Just like our bodies, our souls need nourishment every day, multiple times a day. And when we don't feed our souls, we get cranky and irritable. And eventually our souls begin to starve if we don't eat, feed them, and so they become terribly unhealthy. And we will, our souls will eat anything that happens to be there. Generally things that we may not otherwise choose to feed our souls. Have you ever noticed that the more you're around people who complain a lot and have a dim view of the world, your view of the world tends to grow a little dimmer? Our souls are fed by all that is around us. The healthy and the not so healthy. And the more unhealthy things that we feed our souls, the more cursing and brackish water is going to come out of us. And the less blessing and fresh water. So if we really want to tame our tongues... So they are not full of deadly poison. We would want every day, multiple times a day, to feed our souls with the good food of the gospel. The good food of Jesus. The good food of God's word given to us in scripture. Of God's presence shared with us in prayer. The beauty of God all around us. If we would but stop for a moment and notice. Every day, multiple times a day. If we feed our souls on those things, we might find a marked difference in how we speak. Now, I don't believe we'll suddenly all be perfect and never say a harmful thing again. Praying and studying scripture and noticing the beauty of God around us is not a panacea or a silver bullet. Peter was around Jesus all the time. I'm guessing his soul was pretty well fed on the good food of Jesus and the gospel, and yet he still had some brackish water in him. But the more we feed our souls with the good food of Jesus and the gospel, filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, the more we will find blessing and fresh water coming out of us. Peter, after all, did end up an apostle and primary leader in the church. So his soul was, I would guess, pretty well fed, despite a little bit of failing to that. 
yesterday, Kathy Westmoreland and Kelsey Stuhler and I went to a conference uh, with, which the diocese held at St. Martin's called Forming Disciples. And the conference addressed how we are formed as Jesus' disciples and how we help form others as Jesus' disciples. And there were four great speakers and then workshops. And after that, there was this common theme of filling ourselves with God in a variety of ways. So I came back from that yesterday with my soul pretty well fed. And then last night at bedtime, Noah, our four-year-old, asked me to make a pillow fort in his room so that he could go to sleep in it. Now, we've done this once before, and he stayed in it for about three minutes, and then went back to his bed. But last night, I was tired, I had a sermon to finish, and I really didn't want to add building a pillow fort to Noah's bedtime routine. And I knew what was going to happen once I said no. He was going to get upset, and we were going to go loggerheads about it, and eventually I would win, but it was going to be a struggle. So, we, I don't know where he gets this whole butting heads over things. Um, but we tend to do this, and we, we sort of come at things in this often this adversarial kind of approach. So last night I decided to be his advocate instead, and I asked him to be mine. I told him that I really didn't want to make the pillow fort last night. And I don't, gave him the reasons why. I told him that I'm like, like kiddo, I'm tired, uh, I've got a sermon to write, and I'd really like to just have a normal, relaxing bedtime routine tonight. And how about tomorrow night, we'll go to a pillow fort. Okay, Daddy. <laughs> what? So I gave him a big hug and thanked him for that. And uh, I'm quite certain that this will not work every time. <laughs> but it was awful, awful nice operating in a Holy Spirit kind of way. Operating in an advocate kind of way, rather than in an adversarial way. Feeding our souls with prayer and with scripture. And feeding our souls with the beauty of God all around us helps us to live in this Holy Spirit advocate kind of way. We may not be able to tame the tongue, as James says, but we sure can clean up the springs of water within us so that they pour forth fresh water and blessing.